0: Fired through authentic conversation that is sure to be... Disclaimer, please excuse the audio hiccups throughout this episode. So the title of today's episode is Velocity Banking. In this episode, we talk with finance geek Denzel Rodriguez. Denzel schools us on Velocity Banking and teaches us how we can use Velocity Banking to pay off our loans faster, build wealth, and even businesses. We hope this helps our listeners to get the knowledge that they need in order to be successful, but also stress-free from living a debt-free life. This is going to be... A Great topic.
1: Some good information for our listeners out there. So before we get into the topic, I would like to introduce our guests. Denzel is a 23 year old entrepreneur, born and raised in Queens, New York by a single mother. From a young age, he felt compelled to learn about finances. His first client was his mom. And now he is the finance geek. He specializes in helping moms become debt-free, increase cash flow, build credit, and establish kingdoms that will last forever. Currently, he is helping over 400-plus families across the United States and abroad master their finances by using velocity banking, infinite banking, and kingdom authority in their household. Denzel is an honorable, passionate, and powerful man who credits his success and wisdom to God. He spends most of his time teaching financial concepts on his YouTube channel, which has nearly 1 million views and 9,000 plus subscribers. Denzel wants to expand and grow the kingdom of God by helping mothers master their finances so they can build kingdoms of their own and raise a new generation that values women and their position in authority. Wow. Wonderful. Welcome to the studio, Denzel Rodriguez.
2: Yay. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for
3: having me. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Amen, by the way.
4: Amen.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, I love that you are trying to help women um build wealth. Um, because you know especially women of color, we're coming in uh, into being the top entrepreneurs and starting our own businesses and everything. So I love hearing that. That's definitely starting off on a positive note. So to start it off, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in finance.
3: I think it all just stems back to how you're raised, where you come from, uh, you know, having lack, you know, not having the things that I wanted to have uh, at a young age, but also realizing the potential that I have as an individual, as a young man. And. I think what really struck a chord for me was my uh, ability to surrender to whatever I thought I knew about anything, over to God, and then Him giving me the knowledge and wisdom to move forward. And the first, um, I, I should say, thing or or, you know, circumstance that He put me in was the ability to help my mom. You know, so I. You know, from time to time, when she came off from work, as she's cooking dinner, I'm talking to her in the kitchen saying, hey, you need to be doing this with your credit. You need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. It took me about a little, a little over two years to actually convince her that what I was saying was the right thing to do, and she actually started implementing it. And, I, I you know, within a couple of months, you know, she made a drastic change in what she was doing with her finances. And that was enough for me to say, you know what, I think I'm onto something. Let me start going out and and sharing this with others and see what happens, you know, and just started recording myself in my own room by myself, just talking to a camera day in and day out, sharing my ideas, sharing my ideas, started just posting it on YouTube and people started watching, people started Wanting feedback, and then people started going the extra mile and saying, "Hey, I want you to help me. I need your help, or I need you to help me with this." And before you knew it, just, things just really blew up, and haven't looked back.
1: That is awesome. I know your mom was probably like, "Wow, my son is amazing." Once she started putting to use the advice you were giving her, she was like, "Wow, yeah. my son is probably is amazing. That's awesome." <laughs> Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Sometimes uh, you know you get you get stuck in your culture or uh, your traditions, a certain way of being. So true. Uh, You get, you get, you know, you get put on automatic, you go into this drift mode, so to speak. And sometimes it does take an awakening, you know, a rediscovering of who you are, why I'm here, what's my purpose in life, where am I going?
1: And it it could be a cycle also, especially, you know, within families, if you like, you know, if your mom didn't learn, learn finances, like a lot of us don't learn finances. And it just becomes a repeated cycle, you know, because, you know, you just never really learn about the best way to handle your finances. So it's so so great to break that cycle.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you explain what is Velocity Banking and who is it for?
3: Awesome. I'd love to. So. Velocity banking, uh, first, is a foreign concept, doesn't come from the United States, Uh, it's originally from Australia. The whole idea of the concept is to help an individual uh, pay off their debt in, in record time. So what is popular, what became very popular, is the idea of being able to pay off, let's say a 30 year mortgage in about five to seven years. with no extra income, no extra, you know, no cutting back, no changing your lifestyle, nothing of that nature. So literally putting up two individuals that make the the same amount of money, they make the same amount of cash flow, same everything, same exact lifestyle. One person just pays their bills, and maybe they're doing uh, uh, extra payments, right? And then this individual is doing velocity banking, where we are simply Leveraging our credit score, right? We're leveraging uh, debt to our advantage. So to keep things really simple because velocity banking can be complex in the actual doing and the, the learning of it. But if you can understand that there are good debts and there's bad debts and that there's two different types of interest rates, Right. That you have on all the debts. Right. So, for example, a mortgage is an amortized loan, whereas a line of credit or credit card is simple interest. That means that interest is being charged daily, every single day, whatever the interest rate is. Right. And if you're to match up the exact same debt, if I got a three hundred thousand dollar debt, you have a three hundred thousand dollar debt. Yours is amortized, mine's simple interest. There is going to be a difference, even if the interest rate is the same. There's going to be a difference in terms of the the length on that period of debt, the payment, and and such on and such on. So, with velocity banking, we're trying to take an individual or household, you know, mom, dad, uh, an average American family, and say, hey, um, if you look at your credit. If you look at debt this way, as an advantage, not a disadvantage, and if we can use it to your, you know, ability, then we could take your bad debts that you have, right? That student loan, that mortgage, that uh, car payment, the IRS that you owe, all those, all those heavy debts that's costing you money each and every month. It's outside of your, you know, your day to day, your living expenses. If we can just simply shift. What I would be paying in interest over here and shift it to this new debt, right? Whether which is gonna be a line of credit, credit card, or HELOC. These are the, the different types, right? And if we just learn how to do that, right, and leverage our income and our cash flow, then we're on to something, okay? So velocity banking in a nutshell helps you pay off your debt in record time, increase cash flow lower your expenses and raise your credit score, all using your own income.
0: And for our listeners, can you please um, just explain what amortized means? And then also the HELOC, can you just break that down? That way they know, you know, someone yeah. who's who's completely foreign to it knows what that <laughs> means.
3: Yeah. So um, I, I will say this to start things out. Um, whenever you're getting information from anyone, whether it's me, anyone on the Internet, uh, what I always tell people is you have to develop your your fantasy league first, right? right. Because there, there's a ton of information out there, right? How how we explain one thing, how I explain one thing, another individual will explain that exact same thing a total different way, all right? So with that being said, I'm going to explain my point of view on simple interest and amortized, okay. right? And then I encourage others to do the research, right, and and see, because you're going to have one crowd of people saying that simple and amortized interest has no difference whatsoever, which is insane to me, and then you're going to get guys like me or women that say simple interest and amortized two different ballgames, okay, so an amortized loan, any amortized loan typically are your car loans, student loans, mortgages, big, big things that you acquire throughout your life, Okay. The way the interest is uh, calculated on that debt is front loaded, right? So if I have uh, a ten thousand dollar loan at ten percent,
4: mm-hmm.
3: right, ten thousand times ten percent, okay, that's a thousand bucks, right? But with an amortized rate, that thousand bucks you're gonna you're gonna pay that in the beginning years of that loan, so upfront.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. And a simple interest debt or a average daily balance is what it's called. Um, if I was to take that same interest rate, 10,000 at the 10%, the way you calculate it is different. So I would have to take the $10,000 uh, debt that I have. And let's say that's a simple interest debt it's at 10%. I have to take the two numbers. If the times it, now I'm gonna get a number, thousand bucks, right? And then I have to divide the thousand, I have to divide it by 365 days, because it's an average daily rate that I'm gonna be getting charged on this ten thousand. Whereas the amortized debt, ten thousand at ten percent, it's already pre-calculated what my payment is going to be and the amount of interest that I'm gonna be charged. Okay. So with the simple interest, I take that number, the ten thousand, times it by ten percent, I got a thousand, I divide that number by three hundred and sixty-five days, you're gonna get like I don't know, less than a buck, right? Less than a dollar or between like a dollar a day of some sort. And then you take that number, that daily number that I'm gonna be getting charged, and you times it by thirty days. And you'll see, okay, this is how much interest. I'm going to pay in the next 30 days. Okay. Now here's where Velocity Banking now enters, because now we just, you know, figured out. Okay, we've got amortized debts. I've got this simple interest debt. My amortized is going to charge me interest upfront, no matter what, whether I paid it on the first of the month, the 15th, the 30th, doesn't matter. It's going to be the same rate every single time. Whereas if I took a $10,000 simple interest debt, right, and I, and I gave it to you guys, right, simple interest debt, 10000 when I when I give it to you, it's not going in your checking account. All right, it's going go to go in a separate account. It's going to be, a, you know, they can call it a line of credit. Mm. That money's going to sit there. When, when you go to take money out, right, let's say you only need 5000 Right? You don't need the whole 10 right away. Say so you only need five. Well, now, as opposed to the other person that got a $10,000 loan, and now they're getting charged on the whole 10k at that 10% rate. Mm-hmm. Someone like me that only took out five, even though I got the same amount of money, I only took out five. Now they're only going to charge me interest on the five
4: mm-hmm.
3: at that 10% rate. So now I'm getting charged half of what the other individual is getting charged, so those are the that is that's the difference. Is amortized is pre-calculated, right? So that's the first thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You receive all the money up front, right? When you go to buy a mortgage, they're giving you all the money up front to go buy the mortgage, and then now you're in debt that whole amount, right? Same thing with a car, student loan, all that, right? But with a line of credit, I can give you the same amount of money, but you don't have to use it right away.
0: Okay. Okay.
3: You know, and you only pay on what you're using. Exactly. You only you only pay interest on what you're using. Okay, at a daily rate. Okay, of that interest rate being ten percent. So what ends up happening is I'm only getting charged like zero point something percent per day. Mm.
0: Okay, right? okay, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Right?
3: Yeah. And because that uh, simple interest debt, this line of credit or credit card or HELOC this this has the ability now it's what's called revolving okay so that's another part of this um, uh, line of credit here is that it's revolving so that means that i can put my income right and when i'm working with clients there and when i'm looking at a household however much money they make i can put all their money inside of this simple interest debt right and now if i put all my income in there well. Now I'm getting charged even less interest on whatever I took out. Right. And it just keeps like, you're like, wait a minute. Now I'm like paying nothing. Right. In interest where I could have been paying hundreds, thousands of dollars on interest. You know, and so those are the, that's what you want to look at. um, When you start looking at this concept, when you start looking at the differences between an amortized debt and a simple interest debt and the way the interest gets calculated on the two.
0: And just for the listeners out there who may not know what HELOC is, um, it stands for Home Equity Line of Credit. So just yeah. if you guys didn't know that, um, if you want yes. to research that. It,
3: it also can stand for a Home Equity Loan. Okay. Okay. So this is where people get confused. They say, all right, I'm ready to do Velocity banking, and go get myself a HELOC.
4: <laughs> and
3: they don't read the terms. They don't realize that you just got another loan. So it, so it has to say line home line, equity okay. line of credit, okay. and then you have you have home equity loans. We want to avoid loans when we're uh, looking at this velocity banking concept. We want to avoid loans, and we want to use our good, decent credit to obtain lines credit lines.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so you don't want to get another loan. Okay.
3: Because that would be borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, which right. almost <laughs> which almost everyone does. That's called debt consolidation, mm. right? Okay. So people will people will take they'll take this amortized loan that they have, that student loan, mortgage, car payment, whatever, and they get another loan at a lower interest rate, at a lower monthly payment, and they think they're saving money, but they're not. Because remember what I said that that amortized loan, that new loan that they got. Even though it's a smaller interest rate and a small monthly payment, remember that interest is front loaded. So they're going to repay the amount of interest that they would have paid over there. If they would have just kept the debt, they're going to repay it all over again. And now they got a brand new term, right? It'll be like a, a new, longer
1: time. To yeah. Pay it.
3: A, right. a longer time, even though mm-hmm. it's a lower payment, right? low interest rate. And this is how people stay in debt because they, they're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. Every single time.
1: It's almost like you're starting over on your mortgage. Like your your terms Correct. are starting
3: over.
2: What are some disqualifications to someone doing velocity banking?
3: Um, cash flow is the the number one uh, uh tool that we need first. So whenever I'm working with clients, I need to know what that person cash flows per month on a consistent basis. Right now. Most people don't even know what cash flow means. And the reason why I know this is because over like 80, 90% of my clients that I work with, they can't even tell me what their cash flow is. Even though most people know what it is, it's like, okay, the big cash flow is basically how much money I have left over after all my bills and debts are paid, right? But that's not always the case. Some people, you know, they make money, they have all their bills, they have their debt payments, and then they have money that they put in savings, Money that they put in an in, uh, investment account, money that they have in cash, money that they put over here, over there, everywhere, right? After all that is left over, then I get to cash flow. And in most cases, that cash flow number is like less than 500 bucks. So you you are almost immediately disqualified from velocity banking if you have negative cash flow. Right. So that means you spend more than what you make. Right. So that means we have to do some realignment. OK. If your credit is horrible, I'm talking like maybe 600 and under is like bad. Um, <laughs> is, you know,
4: uh,
3: hard uh, truth. And, and, and unfortunately, <laughs> un- unfortunately, going back to what you were talking about earlier about women of color or just color people in general, Latin's, Black's uh just we we have a tendency of having poor credit and poor cash flow so um even though I just said that person's disqualified, what I like to do on my YouTube channel is work with an individual to get you up to a certain level before you actually start the concept
4: mm-hmm. right okay so Makes there's sense. you know there's
3: some certain things that we want to put in place so um, to answer your your question, you're you're kind of not ready totally if your cash flow is under 500 bucks or negative, and if you have poor credit. Okay, yeah. so income is not a huge issue. Although if someone is only making a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand a month, I'm also going to want to see how I can bring that up a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. especially living in America, that's, that's peanuts. But somehow, us Hispanics and Blacks are able to pull it off. I don't yeah. know.
4: Right.
3: My mom Should was make able a to way out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. My, my my mom was able to make it happen in, mm-hmm. in one of the most expensive cities, you know, in the United States, New York. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. um, you know, I, I really credit all the, the moms out there that are able to stretch the dollar
4: mm-hmm. even
3: further. And and velocity banking comes in to say, hey, what if we can stretch that dollar even further?
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. The whole idea, the concept is. Can I use $1 more than once? If I can answer that question, we're on to a whole nother uh, way of thinking and a a, a whole new way of being. If I can answer that question, can I use $1 more than once? Right. The answer is yes in velocity banking, but an individual has to answer that for themselves in order to, you know, take that next step. Good stuff. Yeah.
2: So when some of your lenders, such as car loans, for example, don't take credit card, how would you go about using this method, this velocity method?
3: Right. So this can apply to a mortgage as well. They don't accept credit cards Mm -hmm. or um, student loans. Pretty much every loan won't accept credit cards. So what do you do? Well, we also have what's called the personal unsecured line of credit. And we also have the HELOC, the home equity line of credit. If you're an individual or family that has a home with equity inside of it, one of the first things I'm going to look at when I'm working with that client is, can we get a HELOC, right? Because a HELOC is pretty much uh, uh, your your um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's secured in a way by the equity in the in the property. So if I have fifty thousand dollars in equity, I'm basically telling to- saying, hey, can you give me a HELOC for the amount of equity that I have in my home? You know, about you know 70% or 80% of whatever I have, right? Um, so that's one option other than a credit card. Another option is that personal unsecured line of credit. Let's say I'm talking to an individual or family that does not have a home and they have decent or good credit. I can look at a uh, local bank or credit union in their area to find a uh, personal line of credit and go there. Let's say I have an individual that doesn't have a home. They uh, have not really good credit. It's, it, they can't get the line of credit or right, the personal line of credit or the HELOC. Now we're looking at credit cards, right? trying to use a credit card to, to make this concept work. There's a uh, a company called Plastic, uh, P-L-A-S-T-I-Q. So Plastic.com is a website that allows you to use your credit card to make a payment or or lump sum payment towards a loan, such as your mortgage, uh, student loans, car payments, things like that. The only issue with Plastic is that there's a 2.5% charge For however much each time you make a payment, you know, towards that specific debt. So in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, I'm able to work with a client to use plastic to our advantage. Because a benefit of using plastic and credit cards is usually your credit cards come with 1%, 2%, 3% cash back, right? Most, not all but most of them well if we're to the math problem if my borrowing cost is less than what i'm going to gain from from using a credit card to pay down that loan right let's say i'm going to let's say i have the ability to pay it off or or pay 50% off and i'm going to save $3000 in interest but it costs me 200 to make that transaction that would make sense cuz i just saved a net positive interest savings of $2,800. So my borrowing costs, it made sense, right? But if that's not the case, then we just look at just using credit cards, right? And now here's where we uh, answer that question a little bit further. So if I have an individual or family that does not have the ability to get a HELOC, a line of credit, poor credit, they're just in the weeds is what I call it, right? And they only have a credit card. Maybe it's secured, unsecured, whatever the case is. What I do is I say, okay, out of all your living expenses and debt payments, what can we pay with a credit card, right? Your food, gas, miscellaneous, phone bill, cable, internet subscriptions, things like that. What can we pay with a credit card? And I split their income. I look at the amount of income that they bring in. And then I look at the expenses and I say, okay, out of the expenses, 50% of your bills can get ran through a credit card. Well, if I can run 50% of my expenses through a credit card, understand that I'm only running expenses that I know I'm going to pay each and every month, right? So, so I'm not adding to this person's debt. I'm simply shifting how they spend the money initially, right? So when, they, when that paycheck lands into their checking account, before they use their cash to pay your bills, right? I'm simply saying, hey, let me get that credit card right there and let's use the credit card to pay the bills first. I have 30 days to pay myself back, right? Mm-hmm. So in 30 days, I'm going to pay myself back that, that money that I have in my checking account. Well, what this does is it builds history with the with the credit card company and the credit bureaus, right? You're you're showing, you know, one thousand, two thousand. You're running it in, in in credit card uh, expenses, right? And you're paying back a thousand, two thousand in full each and every month for like three to six months, right? So that that's uh, something very unique that can drastically improve an individual's credit just by me using the credit, whatever they have on hand, right? So that's, a, you know, a one way of kind of getting around when someone says, hey, uh, I got denied, uh, my credit's bad, you know, but I do have credit cards because almost anyone can get a credit card nowadays. That's how, that's how bad it is. That's how desperate the banks are. Is they're just They're just handing out these high-interest credit cards to people that don't know how to use them uh, and it's typically us that mm-hmm. struggle. Uh, so
2: don't have discipline.
3: Don't have discipline. That's why they end up looking at a guy like Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman. And they're like, okay, I'm just done with credit cards. I'm done with. <laughs> I'm <Right>. guilty. <laughs> I,
0: love, I love Dave Ramsey. Yeah. So so someone who and, isn't good with this though, like if someone isn't good with their credit, <laughs> is this the best option to use for them? Like if they're already in debt and they have credit cards, you mentioned that this isn't a good good way so if they're not already not responsible on paying back their credit this probably wouldn't be the best best option for them
3: right because uh, remember what I said earlier about where you get your information from
4: right Right, mm-hmm.
3: and having that fantasy league so, so I have a fantasy league it consists of four people Tony Robbins Grant Cardone Gary Vaynerchuk Denzel Washington these are all high performing men in their industries. These are individuals that understand how money works in their life, and they feed me a certain amount of information, right? So when I'm comparing, because this, I'm talking to you know, your viewers now that are like, okay, who the heck do I listen to? Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, or a guy like Grant Cardone? They're, they have totally different concepts. All of them are right. Now it's just a matter of which one lands for you, which one works for you best.
0: Is effective. Right. right. Mm-hmm. It is, Who's right for you. Right. right. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly. In your situation. So from a math perspective, velocity banking always beats that snowball, always beats avalanche method in terms of paying off debt, mm-hmm. especially if someone has like a 20, 30 year timeline. Even though the math makes sense, it's the person.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: If they can't, fathom or make sense of the concept for themselves personally, then I, I do not try to persuade or influence that individual, to you know, come over to this side, you know, at some point there, they need to have their revelation at mm-hmm. some point when they realize, dang, I'm 10 years in, I got 20 years to go. I'm 50 years old. This is just not going as fast as, as they want it to. Mm-hmm. and once once they've reached that point that's when they come back to my channel They're like all right I'm 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 ready to do this and I'm ready to be disciplined right and it's funny because you know when it comes to velocity banking I'm simply being practical all I'm doing is creating a new checking account for you which is the the HELOC or the line of credit I'm simply saying hey instead of parking all your money in that checking account why not just put it in this line of credit and use the bank's money to pay off all your debt and mm-hmm. save you tons of interest and time in the process?
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Can you make sense of that? You know, once that person gets past that point, then, you know, then I got them, you know, then they're like, they're in, they're like, all right, I'm done. You know, <laughs> I've had, I've had enough of this. That's
2: good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> all right. So what are some, some of the setbacks to velocity banking?
3: Kind of like what, you were just talking about how the individual not being disciplined. Mm -hmm. Um, So in the actual doing of velocity banking, here's an example of let, you know, let's say I have a $25,000 HELOC. Okay. And I've got a $30,000 car payment. It's 700 a month. And you know, the interest rates like five, 6%. My HELOC interest rate is, let's say, it's somewhere around five or 6%. This is like average from what I've been seeing lately. Um, what I do in velocity banking is I take the, the 25,000, that that amount, that credit limit, and I take 66% of whatever I have in that, that HELOC, right? So 66% of 25K, what are that numbers? I think it's like 16,000, I believe. Um, so I, I take that number and I put it towards the car that I had thirty thousand on. Well, that nearly wipes out half the debt, does it not?
4: Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: Right? Well, now you're like, wait a minute, Denzel, all you did was borrow from what? Peter mm-hmm. to pay Paul. Okay. Now here's where velocity banking comes in. So after I made that move, I took sixteen K from the twenty five and I put it on the thirty on that vehicle principal money that transaction let's say i I save like four thousand dollars in interest from that one move and i shave like 40 payments off of it you know i cut it from a seven-year loan i cut it down to like maybe three and a half years remember that interest rate is front loaded on that car so i just removed all that front loaded interest rate and now that very seven hundred dollars that is going to go towards principal now, rather than interest. Okay, so the very next move now is that individual that just took out sixteen k from their HELOC, they have to put all their income into the HELOC. That's now their checking account. So when they get their paycheck, goes in their checking account. They immediately that same day they send the money to the HELOC. What that does is it satisfies the payment on the HELOC, right? And because it takes time to accrue interest on the debt, right? On the on the HELOC. Remember how I was saying it was daily average cost, right? Daily average interest. Well, if I paid it the same day I took the money out, guess what? I don't pay no interest on all the money I just put in there. So now, now you're like, wait a minute, Denzel. Okay, we, we borrowed from Peter to pay Paul, right? We took money out. You're telling me to put all my income into this HELOC. How do I pay my bills? Mm. That's the next part. Well, the same way you put money in, remember, it's revolving. I can take money out. But I'm not going to take out all the money all at once. I'm going to take out what you need when you need it to pay your bills to live on and to keep paying your debt payments. And what stays in is your cash flow. And understand for that one specific month that I made that 16K, you know, chunk, um, part of that 16K satisfies the monthly payment on the car. Mm. So now I got that 700. It's going to get redirected back to the HELOC. And now I'm paying peanuts on the HELOC. I saved thousands on the car. Here's where things can go wrong to answer the question now is if an individual does not follow the rules that I just put out. Number one, number two, if an individual takes more money than they were supposed to out of the line of credit, remember, my number is 66% of whatever your credit limit is, that's the highest I would go for that family, right? And to make that number even more accurate, going back to what I was said initially, I look at their monthly cash flow, a consistent, conservative number cash flow per month. So if someone tells me that they cash flow 1,500 a month, I'm going to lowball them and say, okay, 13, right? Uh, Just to be safe. And I say, all right, 13 times 12 months is whatever, right? 13 times six, I take that number and I match it up with the 66% number and we go somewhere in between there, right? So number one, If that person doesn't follow the rules with velocity banking, they can get themselves messed up. If they over chunk, right. Or, you know, taking out a lump sum of money, you take out way too much. Meaning because they still have that mentality of, of taking all the money from here and what consolidating. Right. And they're like, Oh, let me just lower my monthly payment. No, no, no. We don't want to have a payment period when we're, when we're doing this concept, we don't want to have a payment. So, and then the, uh, the third thing, is if the person um, has you know, not too much cash flow or they didn't account for other unexpected bills, um, emergencies, things like that. These things come up, family trips, vacations, holidays. So when we don't factor in these things, we can make some mistakes, it can cost us some money, it can backfire, right? Because now you owe money over here on the HELOC and you still owe the car, right? Now you get like two payments. Right. So so if a person is not dumping all their income, right? They're not following the rules. They over-chunked. Those are some of the uh, uh, setbacks or disadvantages an individual can come across when, when doing this concept. So when I when I work with people, it's all a math game. It's a math puzzle. You know, you put yourself in a pickle anyways when I'm dealing with all the... People that I'm dealing with, you know, person's making five k a month and they have a half a million dollars in debt and they live in California. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) right,
0: right. Does that make sense? (laughs) Right, (laughs) it's not exactly. Come on,
3: something's not right. (laughs) So, so they can't get mad when, when you know, the the concept itself is so tricky. You know, it's tricky. Uh, It takes time. You have to, you know, spend time on it. Just with anything, you have to really run the math, run the numbers, and you really have to understand how amortized and simple interest really works when you're doing this. Um, and, and once we run the math and run the numbers, once it makes sense, then it's just a matter of executing it, right, on, on the, on the, at the right time, you
0: know. And so um, what are ways, so I know you mentioned, of course, we using this way to, you know, pay off things and not having a, a payment and things like that. So how does this strategy increase your credit score?
3: So by using credit in general, right, just speaking general, when we use our credit, meaning we go apply for things, right, or we swipe things on a credit card, your credit score goes down. Also, when you use credit by swiping things and paying things off and applying, your credit score goes up, okay? So your credit score is going to be doing this when it comes to velocity banking, up and down, up and down but it's gonna go up more than it goes down. The reason being is the way an individual uses their credit, right? So most people have a credit score that's based off their payment history. That's all they do in their whole entire lives. Most of the baby boomers in general, they just simply make money, they have a bunch of debt, they just pay their bills, they pay extra when they can, and they just keep paying the bills. Right. And that's how they'll have a credit score compared to a guy like me. Let's say I have the same amount of debt as them, but I'm using my credit score a little more aggressively than they are, meaning I'm dumping all my income into this credit line that the bureau sees. So they see me taking out five thousand a month, putting back five thousand, taking out five thousand, putting back five. Like they're like, what the heck's going on? Right. And what that does is it increases my credit worthiness with them, they see, wow, this guy takes out 5000 a month and pays it all back in full that same month, right? Because so for me, my expenses uh, are over 5000 a month, which I run through credit cards every single month, right? And I just pay myself back in full each and every month, each and every month, over and over again, over and over again. Well, when the credit bureaus see that, my credit score skyrockets. Even though it goes down, it goes up more than it went down. Does that make sense?
4: Yes. Yeah, it does. So
3: the, more, the, the more I keep doing this, now here's what I do to help my utilization. Cause someone's gonna say, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you supposed to use only 30% of your utilization? Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer is yes. But if I have big credit lines, right? Let's say I got a fifty thousand dollar credit line and I run five thousand through it, right? Like a fifty thousand dollar credit card and I spend five thousand a month each and every month what's my utilization,
2: right? Uh,
3: You know, really, really Mm -hmm. low compared to the 30. So what I do with most people that don't have 50 K to start out with, maybe they started out with a $10,000 credit card. And I say, okay, we're going to run 50% utilization utilization for now. My credit score is going to go down, but it will go up more than it went down. And as long as I keep doing that every three to six months, I'm going to call my credit card company and say, Hey, may I have a credit line increase? are gonna say, How much do you want, Denzel? And I say, give me another five. So, <laughs> and I go from ten Put to fifteen. <laughs> yeah. right? So I go from ten to fifteen. Now my utilization just went down, even though my expenses are still. This you know, is exactly. The, the, right. Okay. The same. Mm-hmm. You know what that does to my DTI and everything else that factors in into the credits? Oh man, does wonders. Wow.
0: Absolutely.
3: So velocity banking can drastically increase an in individual's uh, credit score, along with, you know, credit repair, if you, you know, paid someone to kind of fix your credit, clean it up, you know, fix the mistakes and errors that are on your you know credit report, that's helpful. But um, just velocity banking by itself, just that idea of running my bills through a credit card or a line of credit or a HELOC and just paying myself back in full each and every month, just by doing that and paying nothing in interest, my credit score is going to go up, especially if I do it consistently. Three to six months, right? And that's what I do with clients that are trying to get the concept, you know, get it going for them. And say, hey, let's practice doing this first, and then we go get that debt tool that we need—that line of credit, or the HELOC. You know, let's practice with credit cards, and we work our way up, work our way up. Then we go to apply, we get approved, right? Take baby than, steps. Absolutely. rather than you know hearing Denzel on this podcast and like, oh my god, this this is for me. <laughs> This is for me. They run to the bank. They go get a line of credit. They get the knife. And they're like, this is not for me. You know? Right. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's you steps work your way to up. this thing. There's right. a process, you know?
2: When you use the Sked. word chunking, what, is,
3: what do you mean? So chunking is like a common term that's used amongst Velocity Banking coaches and experts. Uh, it's just a lump sum of money, right, that I would pull from that debt tool. Right, that's another term, debt tool, meaning a HELOC, a line of credit. Right, that that good debt that we're going to leverage to our advantage to pay off bad debt. Right, um, I'm simply figuring out a certain amount of money that I need to take from this line of credit to put towards an amortized debt that would save me X amount of money on interest, and that amount of money on interest that I save. I'm then going to evaluate, okay, how long is it going to take me to zero out that chunk that I just made on the line of credit? How long? If it takes me six months, then I look. I say, okay, for six months, I'm going to pay interest on that HELOC or that line of credit. And I look at the the math. I'm like, all right, you'll pay about this much money. Well, if the amount of money I paid on the HELOC or line of credit is... Let's say a couple hundred bucks, but the amount of money I saved on interest on that amortized loan plus the principal coming down is thousands, then that's a good move,
4: Mm
3: -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's a good move. And then I just keep doing it over and over again. So, you know, when it comes to chunking, we like to figure out a certain amount of money that we're going to take from the line of credit, that debt tool. And then we have to evaluate how long is it going to take me to pay that back so I can do it again. And typically, we like to chunk in in my community, we say we like to chunk every four to six months right to to pay off debt
1: when you make a chunk payment like say on a on a car loan yep do you do you still owe your next month payment because you know that comes off the balance so what happens that next correct. month you still owe that monthly payment right
3: correct so. When we make a chunk in a mm-hmm. specific month,
1: okay. we're,
3: we're satisfying only that month's payment. Okay. Only that month's payment. So the following month, I'm still going to have a payment if I didn't pay off that debt what? from the from the initial chunk. So if, so if I didn't pay off the debt that I want to pay off from the initial chunk, I'm still going to have that next month's payment. And you're like, well, how the heck do I pay that, Denzel? And I'm like, the same way you took money out of the Gila or the line of credit we're, we're putting all your income in, right? So when I say this, I really mean it truly, we're putting all your income into that debt tool. And it doesn't cost me anything in interest when I, when I put it in there, right? Or very, very little. Okay. So that means that, so that means all of my income is still there. So when I go to take the money out, it's, it's my money. I just parked it there, Okay. they, 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 they call it paycheck parking. That's another term that's, that's used. But I'm simply just parking my money there, paying nothing in interest, and then I'm taking the money out to pay my bills whenever I need to pay them, when they're due. So that very next month, there's no chunking going on, right? You already took out a lump sum of money, right? So we don't want to go crazy here. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: So I took out out that money. Now all I'm doing is paying my bills for the following months, for about four to six months, Mm
4: -hmm.
3: until that line of credit hits zero or close to it. Then we make the next chunk and we keep things flowing. Okay. Right.
2: Makes sense. So what happens to say say I wanted to start this mm-hmm. next month or within the next three months? What happens to the existing credit card payments that someone may have to so, use this method?
3: Right. So you're you're talking about let's say an individual has credit card debt. Yeah. So they they already have existing Monthly minimum payments that they're paying, right, mm-hmm. on these credit cards. Well, when I'm working with that individual, I'm gonna look at those credit cards and see which one do I need to pay off first. The way I evaluate that is based on the monthly payment, the interest rate, the cash flow they have, and the amount of bills that we're able to run through that credit card, okay. right? So, let's say, for example, I have a ten thousand dollar credit card. I owe let's say 8K on it, my monthly minimum payment is 170 bucks. Let's say, so we got the monthly minimum, 170. You owe 8,000. You barely have any room in the line of credit to begin with, right? So what I do with that person, I say, okay, what are your bills that can be paid with a credit card? And I go through it, right? Let's say it's a thousand, just a thousand bucks that they're able to run with that credit card well before i swipe the card to run those thousand dollars of expenses in 30 days over a 30-day period what i do is i make a payment to the credit card from my income that that person has whether they get paid weekly bi-weekly semi once a month whatever it is right i evaluate and i see okay if I can go ahead and make a payment to the credit card of the 175 or the 170 whatever the payment was, plus whatever bills I'm going to have over the next, let's say, five to seven days, now let's say it's $200. So I'm going to make a payment to the credit card for $200 plus that $170 right, or $175 and whatever their cash flow is per month. Right? Whatever that, let's say it's 200 bucks. So now I've got 400 additional money that I just stuffed into the credit card. That 400, by the way, is not getting charged interest. After you've made your minimum monthly payment on the credit card, you don't get charged interest on any additional payment that you make to the card. Right? Once the due date comes up on the credit card, then you get charged interest. But check this out. If I'm Throwing in $1,000 over over a 30-day period into the credit card plus that monthly minimum plus the cash flow, by the time the due date comes out on the credit card and whatever the statement balance is, it'll probably say, hey, instead of owing us $8,000, now you only owe us like $7,000 or $6,500. So now they're they're only getting a charge interest on that much less money. Okay, But now you're like, hold on, Denzel, wait a minute. You're losing me here because how do I pay my bills? You're swiping the card. So the same time I made a payment to the credit card, I'm going to swipe it. But here's what happens. As you're going through the month, you have your credit card due date and you have your statement, uh, your closing date on the credit. You have two specific dates. After the closing date on a credit card, whatever I spend on that card, guess what? It's not going to show up on next month's statement balance. This is how simple interest works. It's not going to show up. It's going to show up on the following month. So that gives me sixty days to pay what I just used that thousand. So that means I paid a thousand towards the initial owed amount of money on that credit card, right? The eight K, brought it down to seven. Paid my monthly minimum, dumped my cash flow into it, right? When I go into the next month, right? You've had you already swiped the card back up to thousand, right? So you use it. So your your payment went up, but now it's probably like seven thousand and some change, right? After that monthly minimum payment and the cash flow, stay with me, and then when I go into the next month, I don't owe what I used last month. So, so I'm not going to get charged interest on that. I'm only going to get ch- charged on whatever the statement balance says. And when we step into the next month, guess what? We're doing it again. I'm, I'm dumping new cash flow, new monthly payment, mm-hmm. new expenses, and I keep it going. And this can drastically pay off that credit card a hell of a lot faster than you just making extra payments, mm-hmm. Meaning, mm-hmm. meaning the cash flow and the mm-hmm. monthly payment. Right. So throughout the month, I'm actually paying this credit card like six, seven, eight times a month. Guess what that does to my credit?
1: Skyrocket.
3: (laughs) Maybe not skyrocket. Uh (laughs) But it will... It will improve. The, the credit bureaus are going to see multiple payments.
2: That sounds good. Absolutely.
3: You know, this thing is no joke. It's just really, yeah. you're like, okay, this guy's on to something. Yeah. He might Big be time. crazy, but he's on to something.
2: Well, yeah, I'm definitely glad you explained it. Yes. <laughs> just having and, someone just hear about it and yeah. trying to explain, I'm just like...
1: And part of it is because you're avoiding that interest. Is that, that's yes. the main. It, it's an
3: interest. Right. Game. Exactly. That's what, it is. that's
1: what I'm hearing. Okay.
3: It's, it's all about, it's all about, <laughs> remember, how many times can I use $1?
1: Yes. Remember that. I'm trying thousand, to use it 50 that, times.
3: <laughs> that that, that $1,000 in that credit card, we swiped it. So we used the credit card money first to pay your bills.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Then I used your thousand that you were going to using cash anyway to pay your bills. We're now paying the credit card, which is paying down the balance. And then I'm using that money, that same thousand to pay next month's bills. So when I get the new thousand from my new income, it pays back what I just, used. and it just, it creates this this circle, this, this cycle effect of paying nothing in interest and saving tons of money. And understand that that monthly minimum payment that original monthly minimum payment on the credit card more of that is going towards principal
0: mm-hmm. and
3: less and less towards interest and it, and it's like it keeps playing on your head and you're like oh, oh man you know this is something
0: so we know this there's this ways that you can you know build your credit score with this what are some ways that you can build wealth using this strategy
3: the fun part okay so when i'm working with clients Let's say uh, I'm working with an individual for like, you know, a year or two years. I'm able to wipe out all their debt in like less than two years. Okay, so once an individual has paid off all or almost all of their debt and their cash flow is high, being fifteen hundred a month, two thousand and higher and they got good income and the credit score is good. Their line of credit is high, right? Remember how I said we gradually increase the credit line as we feel more and more comfortable on the, the way we're using it? I step into the next concept, phase two. It's called infinite banking. Here's where I go ahead and say, okay, now that you believe and understand, according to math and then you discipline wise, that velocity banking does make sense and it does work. Once you've got over that hurdle, what if? Instead of using the bank's money to pay off your debt, what if I could establish my own bank, my own private bank? What if I could borrow from me, Denzel? What if Denzel was able to borrow from Denzel, right? And in the process of doing that, I can earn money even in the process of either paying off debt or creating wealth, right? So phase two is now infinite banking, where I'm now going to leverage the bank's money and my cash flow to establish my own bank okay and when I establish my own bank okay that bank is gonna earn me four percent or higher tax-free income dividends interest, earnings on whatever I store in my private bank so this is answering your question creating wealth using velocity banking here's one way there's many ways I work with clients that leverage debt to invest in real estate they leverage debt to invest in the stock market. They leverage debt to invest in the foreign exchange market, the Bitcoin, the currency, the gold, the silver, whatever you want, as long as you do the math, right? Especially with credit cards. Oh my goodness. With, with these credit card offers, once your credit score is like really up there, you're going to get offers in the mail like it's no tomorrow, right? 0% on this, 0% on that, 0% on balance transfers. Like you can literally take out Cash out of a credit card mm-hmm. at 0% for like 12 to 24 months, pay the minimum monthly payment. And now you got all this cash, 0%. And I can throw that in a piece of property, which is going to cash flow me for the next 12 months. And I just pay myself back and cash flow the difference. That's one wow. way. Yeah,
4: mm. That, okay, that that's yes. simple real
3: estate kind of one-on-one using debt credit cards to you know invest in real estate. There's a lot more to it, you know, in terms of establishing a company and the title company, the this, the that, find the prop right? That's a whole other strategy. But if you can just get the idea of leveraging good debt to acquire an asset that's going to produce me income, if you can just get that idea right there and then run the math, you basically want to pay zero to nothing, To to borrow money. So now we're borrowing from Peter to pay for Paul's asset, right? Mm. Paul's going to pay me a cash flow. And Peter's charging me nothing to pay him back. As long as I pay him back in full in the timely manner that he asked for. The 12 months, 6 months, 15, whatever it was. Or if I am charging him interest, I'm paying nothing compared to what I'm earning over here. Right. And guess what? I keep all my initial cash flow to myself. Right. I keep all my cash flow. I never lose it. And if I if the investment goes wrong, guess what? I do velocity banking to pay back my debt that I just borrowed in record time. And I try again and I keep things going.
1: That's awesome.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yes. when, when once you understand the, the the kingdom that you live under here uh-huh. in, in the United States, yeah. say so so in the United States, this is a kingdom, and in this kingdom of the United States is run on debt. Right, you got like over twenty three trillion dollars in debt. Mm-hmm. It's going to stay there because in this country we leverage debt. Mm-hmm. We don't want to pay off debt.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Once you paid off all your bad debt. What I do with my clients is I go back into debt, but now I go into good debt. Mm.
4: That
3: that makes me money. So it's just changing your your way of thinking, your way of being, uh, and and understanding that, okay, here in the U.S., this is how they do things. Well, if I'm going to live in this kingdom as a citizen, here's what I got to do if I want to create wealth fast and effectively in this society. And then once you've made your wealth, right, Once you're free from all debt, free from all the debt lenders, right? You're no longer a slave to the lender. Once you're free from it all, guess what? You can establish your own kingdom and however you want to function. If you don't want to to ever deal with credit cards or credit lines ever again, guess what? You have the authority to do so. You've got all this cash flow. You got your own bank established and you build relationships with people. You can even barter, right? I mean, you can create your own kingdom. This is You know, in my kingdom, this is how I run things. You know, I, I am free from my credit lines. I don't rely on them. I just leverage them. I have my own bank, my own private bank. I have my own business where I help people and I fulfill my purpose. I know why I'm here and I have my authority. So I command and I manifest things and I have dominion over the things that I have on this earth. Okay. You start getting into that; it starts, you know, you're like, "Oh man, this is something different."
0: It's powerful. Yes, yeah.
1: very powerful. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we definitely appreciate all the information that you provided. though. I mean, it's very informative. It definitely um, opened my eyes and helped me understand a little bit more about velocity banking um, and all of the benefits that it that it has. Is there anything that you would like to leave,
2: like any nuggets that you would like to leave with our listeners?
3: Uh, you got to work on your cash flow, people. Um, You need to know your fantasy league, where are you going to get your information from? Are you going to read scripture? Are you going to read the Bible? We'll stick to it. All right. Or if you're going to look at a non-believer or an unbeliever or this or that, Hey, you got to make a decision on where you get your information from. So developing your fantasy league, right? Knowing your four major numbers, income, expense, debt, Cash flow. Know your numbers, back of your hand, get your cash flow game up, and start operating in a, in a new way of being in terms of what you want in your life, right? Which leads to my final nugget, which is answering the four major questions in life. Who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose in life? Where am I going? If you can answer these questions, you become dangerous in life. Okay? You become you know, that's, that's now understanding um, how fear, wisdom, knowledge works. And fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. When you get past that, you're on a whole nother operating level.
2: That's so true. Okay? So true. Well, yeah. thank you, Denzel. Thank for you, For joining us and, you know, giving us a insight on Velocity Banking. Can you tell us your social media and how our listeners can contact you, your website?
3: Yeah, yeah so. My full name is Denzel Napoleon Rodriguez. You can type that in anywhere, and you'll find me. Uh, my website, DenzelRodriguez.com. My social media, Denzel and Rodriguez, and uh, my YouTube channel is my full name. I recommend, um, if you're new, you've heard me for the first time today. I suggest and encourage everyone to, to visit my YouTube channel first. That's where I teach my lessons. That's where I teach kingdom authority, velocity banking, and infinite banking.
2: And for our listeners, all of the details that um, Denzel has uh, enclosed within this episode will be included in our show notes. And that can be um, found at OELshow.com backslash in the episode number. Um, This is episode number 14. Please contact us at podcast at OELshow.com. You can follow us on IG. Um, at OEL Show, and on our Facebook is On Everyone's Lips, that's with an apostrophe S. Um, You can contact our feedback hotline at 571-206-8292. There you can listen to our um, previous shows and give us feedback, and you can also give us topic ideas, and you can do so anonymously. Please subscribe to our podcast on everyone's lips. Again, that's with an apostrophe S on iTunes podcast, Spotify, Google Play and other platforms that you may consume podcasts. You can also catch us on the True Radio Network on the blogtalkradio.com. Please give us a rating. Five star ratings are very much appreciated. But all honest feedback is welcome.
1: Denzel, thank you so much again. And um, this information, wonderful, powerful, priceless. We thank you for that. Until we meet again. Live well, laugh often, love much. Bye-bye. Thank you.
4: God bless.